Good morning, Radio Chicken. My name is Matt, the host. This is episode three, broadcast three, coming to you live. I am sitting in wonderful upstate New York, and I'm probably lying a little bit about the wonderful, but joining me is in the wonderful state of North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, the city of Oak, my co-host Kristen, our chickenista. Kristen, good morning. Good morning, Matt. How was your weekend? It was absolutely wonderful. Lots of chicken news. I hatched out a batch of bantams from my favorite bantam breeder, Mark in Wake Forest. And I have all sorts of little bantams. I've got Saramas, Pinchions, and uh, let's see, there was some Cuckoo Morans, which are not usually bantams, but I have some of those as well. And I gave them to a mother hen. You did? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because we actually are going to have a caller call in this morning. Um, that I'm, I can't wait to talk to her because she has um, one of our chicken coops down in Alabama. It's a very popular coop, a great popular video. And she's had some good luck and some bad luck. And I definitely would love to hear what's going on with her. Would love to hear what you have to say about that. Um, but real quick, so you hatched these baby chicks yourself. Yes, I actually had a large batch. He, I don't know, he made me, he gave me three dozen. And I put some in two different incubators and I also put some under two different hens Um, the hens hatched their own they did pretty well but the three broodies I had in the coop I knew one wasn't ready because it hadn't been three weeks the other two it had been three weeks so I did something a little bit different this time just experiment I took the two broody hens who had been sitting over two weeks and put them in a cardboard box overnight in the house with the 12 chicks underneath and in the morning I set them out and one of them went back to the nest and the other one kept the 12. I guess it was more of like an insurance policy to put two in a box. Sometimes I do this and you know I'll I'll get a box of 25 chicks and just put them in the coop with the seven broody hens and in the morning they sort it out. Some hens end up with one, some end up with 10. Uh, They, I don't know, it's kind of it's kind of a crapshoot a little bit. Yeah, it is, but it's fun. I, I just try like like to try different things. So if you're listening right now, um, and you maybe didn't catch the very beginning, I was just asking Kristen how her weekend went. And one of my favorite things I love to talk to people about is how to introduce new hens, maybe younger hens to an existing flock, and there's no better way to do it than how nature has intended it, right? That's right. Right. And I have I, I've been in awe watching Kristen do this over the years. And I'll never forget the moment. I'll, I, I thought this was impossible, and I want to share this with everyone because I've seen it firsthand. I, I want to say, yeah, you had a mama hen go broody. And you also had her take on, adopt, accept, like it, it, like it hatched one of her own, a baby duck or oh, ducks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, broody <laughs> hens can raise baby turkeys, baby ducks. It's absolutely uh, possible to use different types of poultry. That is incredible. So I definitely want to talk a little bit more about that. So coming up here very, very soon is Shelly from Alabama. She has one of our custom coops, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say about her experience. Um, I'm trying trying to remember how when we did her coop. Maybe uh, someone can chime in with a note real quick. I want to say it was probably last... September, October, it was hot. It was really hot. I can't wait to hear what she has to say. But also, before we get into that, we also have Jessica from Nashville, Tennessee with us right now. Jessica joined our team. I'm scared to say, has it been a month maybe already, Jessica? I 
I think it's been a little over a month already. Oh my gosh, how time flies. Can you believe this is our third live broadcast? I cannot believe it. You're doing great. <laughs> well, thank you. And so are you. So Jessica has been, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong with the title, our growth marketer. Mm -hmm. That's correct. It. And she brings to the table all the things that I have no clue how to do. And she's teamed up with Ingrid, who's been with us maybe three, four years now, helping just make sure everyone learns about Carolina Coops. And one of the things I've been, I, I'm so excited about this. I love to give. This whole show is about giving. But I needed everyone's help to figure out how to do that right. And right before, in our pre-show, Ingrid warns me, oh, Matt, there's legalities you got to follow. So hopefully we will, we will work on that. Uh, I'm hoping I'm not getting trouble over giving away this week's. Hopefully we're going to do this weekly, this week's gift. I think we'll be okay. Awesome. So Jessica, can you do me a favor and walk us through, and I, I need to learn as well, how people can win. And I believe maybe by now, we already maybe have a winner. I would love to know how you chose the winner. So what can people do to enter for the weekly contest? And how does all this work? Great. So uh, this week, we are giving away the Fluffy Layers, a collecting apron. And if you are a follower of Carolina Coops on Instagram, it's just at Carolina Coops, you would have seen that we created a timeline post where all you have to do to enter is tag three friends who you think might be interested in listening to Radio Chicken. Um, and so that's pretty much it. We had uh, a few dozen entries and chose our winner completely randomly. And let me pull up that winner's handle. Oh, hold on. Don't, don't give it away yet. Oh, not yet. No, not, not yet. yet. So okay. that was brilliant. All right, so thank you. I am still have no clue. I, I tell you. This is what happens when you get old. I have no clue what you're talking about. So I'm still trying to learn what the ad is. So you go to Instagram and you see our story. And then down in comments, you'll put in like like how you tag people, right? If you got some friends you think might be interested in listening to Radio Chicken, you put in those three names and that enters them. And hopefully, please, if you're one of those people that you had one of those wonderful friends that introduced you to Radio Chicken, follow Subscribe over at YouTube. Do all those good things. It's all about building the audience, and hopefully you're going to love the show. And then also do the same thing. So I thought maybe should we announce the winner now or should we wait towards the end of the show? Gosh, that's up to you. I hope she's listening. <laughs> so it's a she. Okay. So there's a clue. Um, I think I, I'd, like to, I'd like to wait a little bit. I'd like to um, announce the winner. Maybe you can put it in the notes. Maybe you can text me the name, and we'll do that maybe around 11 a.m. maybe. That's when the show is supposed to end, but I know we always spill over. But I think that was a great explanation. Jessica, thank you so much for explaining that. Thank you for everything you're doing behind the scenes uh, to make sure we look cool on social media. No problem. Awesome. You guys have a great show. Thanks. Thank you. All right, Kristen. So did, did you do that? I didn't do it. I'm guilty. I didn't tag some more listeners. I guess I should have. No, I have too many eggs to fit in that apron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know what? And then I can't win, but yet, you know, actually, technically, I'm always tagging people to listen to the show. So, yeah, so she made, it says, how did she describe it? It was a great description. The egg collecting apron. How many eggs does it hold? Oh, great question. Of course, you would put me on the spot. It holds 10 eggs safely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be taking so many trips. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, but it, it is cool. And, again, you know, I do want to I, I mention this was actually – so it's from Fluffy Layers. But technically, the company that we absolutely love, we buy 
wholesale all our auto chicken doors from myfavoritechicken.com. Great group of people down there in Texas, and they donated that. So I definitely want to give them a shout out. And what we're going to be working on in the future of the show is working on that, what's that term where you sponsor each other? Cross promotion. Cross promotion. See, I don't know all the fancy terms. You guys are good at this. I got to remember all yeah, this. Yeah, Jess would know. I think I heard her say that yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Cross promotion. So I think what we'll do is figure out who's the winner later on in the show. Give us something to build up to. So I have Shelly online. Are we ready to talk to Shelly? Yes. I'm excited. I am excited. Shelly, hold on one second. And, and, and for, the, for our listeners, we have had, hopefully we worked out all the bugs. We are up to, so we got 26 listeners right now, all 26 of you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions and you want to call in, 929-32-COOPS, please call in if you have your questions. And also just want to let you know very soon, too, we're going to have Bethany coming in, who is a horticulturalist, and she is going to talk to us about companion planting. Oh, I'm excited about that, too. This is awesome. Yes, this is going to be a good show. We're getting it. We're getting it. So thank you, everyone, for Help and make the show possible. All right, so let's get Shelly. I'm going to click here. I hope this works. Shelly from Alabama. Good morning. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Shelly. It is so can good to hear, hear your voice. I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear us I okay? I do, too. I can hear you. I don't know if I can hear Kristen or not. Oh, oh. I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, Jimmy's going to work on that. Definitely critical that you're able to hear Kristen because she's the one that um, I definitely can't wait to hear what she has to say about um, some of the troubles that I guess you've been having with the coop. Uh, actually, not with the coop. Let me rephrase that with some of the things that you're doing that we were just talking about. So, Shelly, good morning. Jimmy, work on uh, maybe we can try to get figure out why she can't hear Kristen. So, real quick, everyone, for all our listeners, Shelly has this big, beautiful custom coop. Shelly, how long ago? Did we put that in for you? You guys came in mid-September. Uh, my chicks arrived on September 16th, and I think it might have been the hottest day of the year. I tried to <laughs> warn them that it was not a good place to come in September, but they came anyway. Yes, we did. We actually, I'll never forget, we still have, we bought a four-foot drum fan. It was so hot, we had to go buy a drum fan to uh, cool us down and... Um, make it somewhat tolerable but that was one of the best trips we've ever been on it was absolutely amazing so shelly has that big coop in alabama it's the brown one has that beautiful cedar roof and real quick shelly i wanted to go over a couple things because some people especially from the comments on the youtube video one of the ones that stuck out in my mind is something that was very special about your chicken coop and that is well, one, we had to time it perfectly. You baby chicks came in, and you were able to use the hen house as the brooder. How did that go for you? So we um, used the hen house and as the brooder at the first day they came in. And, of course, as a new chicken owner, I was way overprepared and had bought the really expensive kit from Murray McMurray, and they had the little walls and all of the fancy stuff. But in the end, all they really needed was their little Brincia warmer that they climbed under. And we went ahead and Matt undid one of the bales of hemp and we kind of just turned them loose in the chicken coop, or the hen house, I'm sorry. 
and they stayed in there for I would say probably until they were old enough to go down the little ladder we have the new design ladder so there's there's space between each step so we had to make sure they didn't fall through and all that but um they were really happy and I really think that it helped them learn first of all to roost because they started using their little low roost bars right by their mm -hmm. nesting boxes mm -hmm. and they were on their real roost probably by like six or seven weeks perfect so um you know they didn't have any examples of older chickens to teach them and so I think it did help them acclimate much faster than you know, keeping them in the house awesome. and that kind of thing. Awesome. So let me ask well, you. So one, I'm sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, one oh, no, that's just perfect example of chicken instincts. They're just natural. Them yeah. using the roost bars. Absolutely. And then what the whole idea for all our listeners is, you know, it's not fun especially if you're waiting on Carolina Coops to show up months later after you got your baby chicks or your chicken coop. Um, but when you have the ability to order your baby chicks, uh, whether it's through the mail, you go pick them up at the local hatchery, when you can use your hen house as a brooder, there's not there, you eliminate that transition period. And that's what Shelly did. And that just, I think, saves a major step. And they're already learning that's home. But here's the other thing. You mentioned, yeah, we use the industrial hemp. I had some people that said, oh, no don't use industrial hemp for the bedding for the baby chicks. Did you have any issues with the industrial hemp as the litter inside your hen house working as the brooder? No. So I understand the concern because they do pack at little pieces of this stuff, you know, but they know the difference between food and hemp. And I never had any of them overconsume hemp. As a matter of fact, I've got, right now eight baby chicks and, and 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 if you look at the video you'll see how my hen house is set up but i've got a walk-in storage area at the back of the back side of the hen house and i have eight baby chicks back there right now because of long story of a bad broody mama but um they are in their fancy little enclosure which came in handy finally and they have hemp on the floor so it's keeping my you know floor nice and neat and they already are in their hemp and so this is my second time with baby chicks and hemp and i have had no issues awesome well i'm glad to hear that so now you had a hen go broody and then you did actually allowed the hen to hatch some fertile eggs if i remember correctly in the beginning yeah so we um We've done a little bit of everything. Um, I have a 10-year-old, and we had a hen go broody right around Mardi Gras, and so we were home from school, and I let him um, give her about five eggs. Four of them were fertilized and only two hatched. Um, so it was a good learning experience for him, and we candled and all that kind of stuff. But we let um, that broody hen hatch in the nesting box. Um, and the funny story was I called Matt on a Saturday. He does answer the phone on Saturdays. I might not just tell anybody that. Thank you. But um, I called him on a Saturday and I said, this broody mama has hauled her baby down the ladder. And I guess just tucked her up in the wing and took her down the ladder 
And so we called Kristen, and Kristen said, well, let's just set her up at the bottom. She wants to be out of the hen house. So she ended up finishing her job in the chicken run, actually, and she did a great job. So um, we kind of utilized every part. But the same hen went broody again, and we ordered some chicks because we have too many roosters. And we hopefully have eight more hens but when i tried to slip out the eggs that she was sitting on and slip the hens in she started pecking at the babies so we had to we had to take those away so anyway we've tried it several different ways so what happens uh kristen when when the mama hen rejects the baby chicks i'm not sure if that's rare or not uh, is there any tips or any ideas why that might happen yeah, I've done this so many times. I do it every single year with, I don't know, seven or 10 hens that go broody. Typically, I've noticed that when there's an issue, it hasn't been the full 21 days, or I get, I get lazy and I try to do it during the day. You really have to do it at night. And sometimes it helps to leave an egg under her, maybe a couple eggs, so she stays on the nest she thinks that there's one or two left to hatch when you slip the babies under her. That'll nest and it kind of does the same thing as what I did with the cardboard box in the house. You're, you're really forcing that imprint, both for the baby chick to the mother and the mother to the baby chicks. So timing, so oh, actually we should do a, a quick audio check as Shelly said she couldn't hear you earlier. Shelly, were you able to hear Kristen? I could not, but I have a suspicion it was about timing. Yes. Okay, so we got to figure out, Jimmy, if we can figure out what is going on, why the listeners cannot hear Kristen. Because I love what she just well, said. So what she did say is timing is important to make sure you take out, maybe in this case, most of the eggs at night and then put the baby chicks underneath the mama hen, but to leave two eggs so that she will instinctively, I guess, still sit on the eggs, feeling like there's a couple more that have to hatch. Right, Kristen? Right. Just for one, maybe one night, one day, one night, just to make sure that they imprint. Yes. All right. So, Shelly, I'm so sorry you couldn't hear Kristen's response when it's recorded or at, while we're recording now. When okay. Jimmy does the editing, you'll be able to hear that. So I apologize. Hopefully our listeners can hear Kristen, too. Hopefully maybe we can get a couple thumbs up. And also I wanted to mention, too, before I forget, if you have any questions for us and you want to get on the air, 929-32-COOPS. And also, I didn't know this, you can text. Text in 929 32 Nine two nine thirty two two six six seven seven. You can shoot us a text that'll come up on our board, and we'll answer some questions. So, uh, Shelly, I hope um, you know. Again, thank you so much for your time calling in, and uh, hope that things will continue to get better. I know it's also great what you're doing, uh, especially for your son. That's one thing I can never, I'll never forget. When I was young, and I had actually the worst teacher of my life raise uh had me hatch baby chicks and it changed my life so i just love what you're doing and thank you so much for the compliments and i can't wait hopefully very soon we're going to be back down in alabama to do a follow-up and we'll be able to come out and see your coop and your gardens too it's amazing the landscape you put in hey matt if uh our... all right well thanks you guys come when it's a little nicer weather next time <laughs> we will do thank you shelly
Florida Bama is always open, though. <laughs> Love Florida Bama. If anyone's ever trying to figure out a hidden gem in this country to go visit, Florida Bama. I, I honestly, that was probably one of my favorite places in this country, especially to go visit Florida Bama. So, Shelly, you have no idea that was. We still talk about that trip today. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I have to say that I have a lot of friends that have chickens, and they've had a lot of bad things happen. And if anybody doubts why you buy a Carolina coop, it's because your chickens are safe. They have got it figured out. It is, I cannot say enough good things. So your chickens are safe. It is so well planned and figured out. There's no better way to go. It's just worth all every penny every all the time that we waited all the time we planned it's just i can't say enough good things well well thank you shelly uh for all our listeners i had no idea i did not expect that thank you i did not ask her pay her to say any of that but the reason why i can't thank you enough for saying that is that's that's it and whether you know you're looking at one of our coops and you're wondering why or if you're building your own this is why it's so important please learn from us so shelly thank you so much for that you're welcome Matt. thanks guys have a good day you too. Thank you. Matt, if our listeners would like to see that video, where can they find that? What is that called on YouTube? You know, that's a great question. Ingrid, send me in what that description is. You know, I should have that memorized, but that is a great point. You know, we're talking about these videos. And if you haven't been to the Carolina Coops YouTube channel, there are so many great videos out there to watch what we've done and what we've learned is people have learned from us so many people have called us emailed us i even had some customers send in donations that we've donated to local animal shelters just saying thank you so much for what you're doing couldn't have built my own coop without you guys and i just think that is absolutely awesome so we will we'll mention the name of that particular video uh you know hopefully very soon ingrid can uh, text in and let us know what is the name of that video maybe let's maybe post a new link at Carolina Coops on Facebook, Instagram, possibly. So we can get that up for the people. All righty. Well, uh, we are ready. Bethany is on standby. We're going to bring her in here. We are going to talk about companion planting. I am very excited. If you guys have any questions, especially about what do I do to grow plants, vegetables, trees, whatever. I'll never forget when we were out in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where we first met Bethany as our contact at that chicken coop. I had to learn fodder. I had no idea. Now I use that word all the time. Bethany, good morning. Can you hear us okay? Hey, good morning, guys. I can hear you both just fine. Good morning, Bethany. Can you hear me? We hear you loud and clear. I hope our listeners are having such a good experience as well as we are. We are continuing to make sure we perfect the show uh and for the record jimmy's been working really hard he's over my shoulder i know you can't see him but trust me he's behind me uh working a bunch of working a bunch of buttons and (laughs) we got a new mixer in we're gonna keep continuing to invest and hopefully continue to make the show the best it can be and with that said i forgot to mention in the last couple shows that if you have any advice ideas thoughts anything help us make this show because we do it for you guys well, of course, I do it to make sure everyone learns about CarolinaCoops.com. Uh, but let us know. that We absolutely love to do this. Great. Well, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. And so, Bethany, so awesome to talk to you again. Congratulations on the new business. 
environment what's the name of the new business environmental harmony i love that name i'm assuming you came up with that name i did yeah it, it's a beautiful name so also speaking of videos if you get a chance to go to youtube you'll see the video bethany and I, bethany and i did together don't remember the name of that video ingrid let me know but it was in santa fe new mexico a big beautiful chicken coop and bethany was our contact we did an awesome video so many people comment on that part apparently i made a crazy facial expression about you manure that you actually went to africa <laughs> and composted hue manure oh my gosh i saw that in the comments that's pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah and um <laughs> so this is quite a change so you went from being the caretaker of everything growing uh at that property so that they can yeah, so feed, feed. I was working as a food production manager for a private estate in Santa Fe for the last couple of years. And uh, my background's in permaculture. I've always wanted to do something where I can affect local food systems a little bit more. I love growing food. Growing food for private clients in a, one family is great, awesome experience. But I really wanted to be able to have a little bit more of a ripple effect um, in the community at, at large. So... This opportunity presented itself in Maryland, and um, I've moved across the country and started Environmental Harmony. That. We're uh, focused on edible landscaping and um, eco-friendly maintenance services. We're installing green roofs, but primarily we're doing the edible landscaping on urban and suburban scale, trying to bring food growing back to the cities and the suburbs. That oh, is... and how timely, too. That's fantastic. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. I really hope that, you know, all this recent chaos is making people realize how important it is that we have that security in our local communities again. Food security. That is something that those are two words put together recently. Uh, I, I can't remember who, but man, yeah, especially now, what two powerful words, food security. And this is why there's definitely been a major uptick in people wanting to raise backyard chickens so bethany this is i'm really excited and hopefully i don't hog up with too many questions because i know so little but i know this is a very important subject and there's a lot of great advice that you'll bring and i also do want to mention too make sure that we're able to team up i love green roofs and we haven't done a green roof since the custom coop we did at duke university probably about 10 years ago and i would love nothing more than to be able to uh, work together on that so i'm excited so talk to us talk to us what do we need to know we got a chicken coop do we start with the garden do we mm. start with the garden then the chicken coop walk us through it all right well i'd like to just touch on what permaculture is first of all because every time i say oh yeah i'm a permaculture designer most people just look blankly back at me um, so permaculture is a term that was coined by two australian gentlemen back in the 70s means permanent agriculture, and it's essentially uh, a design technique for creating sustainable human environments that function with nature. Um, so it's, it's amazing. It's based in ethics, and it's all about like stacking functions, giving every element of the landscape or the ecosystem multiple uses. So taking the uh, companion planting and permaculture approach with chickens, um, I would just urge people to start thinking about growing edible plants around their coops and in their chicken runs that can supplement the diets of their birds so that 
you know, chickens eat a really varied diet just like we do. And I know that anytime I've had chickens that haven't had access to a large area where they can forage for some of their food, definitely the quality of the egg goes down. So you'll certainly notice having these plants around that the chickens can just graze off of that will attract insects, that they're going to be producing a much more nutrient-dense eggs, and they'll just be happier, healthier birds. That is so true. So, that- like, for instance, I would say, you know, in thinking about plants to plant around your coop and your run, um, let's say maybe you have a neighbor on one side. You don't really like that presence so much. You'd like to have a little <laughs> bit of privacy. Um, you could pick, like, sunflowers. So the multiple function there, the sunflowers are going to provide some shade for your birds if planted along that side of the coop. Uh, they'll provide a screen and allow for privacy from the neighbors. They're edible and they're beautiful. What a killer point. And I, I'm a huge fan of sunflowers. I love sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And I bet you so many people listening can relate. We always have that one neighbor that's like, oh boy. Not too sure about this. I even had one customer. She planted cypress trees or arborvitae. She had to grow something. She had to wait 10 years for them to get tall enough before we could bring her chicken coop in. Oh, Matt, what oh, if we are those neighbors? I think we'd be fine. <laughs> We're all unknowingly that neighbor. <laughs> so what a great idea. So sunflowers, is there any particular like, – I know there's different types of sun, sunflowers, right? There are different types of sunflowers, yes. So is there a particular I mean, I sunflower? If I was to grow out, go out right now and I wanted to grow sunflowers to provide the food, the shade, and make sure my customer, my uh, neighbors don't see, is there a particular species? Mm, well, Helianthus is the like the genus sunflower. I would just go for the really like the, the varieties that have been bred to be really tall with the large heads. You can get more and more a lot of like the lower growing kind of um, bushing sunflowers, which are great for like cut flowers, but they're not going to really provide as much shade and privacy as you might want in a chicken coop kind of scenario. And I I would urge, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kristen. Oh, I just have to ask, how do you keep the chickens from eating the seeds before they germinate or... Uh, when there are seedlings, how do you keep the chickens from scratching them up and destroying them? That's a really good question. I mean, I would try to just limit the the amount of time that the chickens have to those plants while they're seedlings, I guess, planting them on the outside of the run instead of on the inside so that as they grow larger, um, the sunflower seeds are going to just kind of fall like rain all throughout that area and become available to the chickens. But I would try to separate them while they're while they're growing from the chickens directly. Okay. And you mentioned uh, growing inside the run. So to be, yes. is that okay. possible? You know, one of the things I'm always a huge advocate of is having a solid roof run. And is that possible to grow something for the chickens inside the run if there's a solid roof, or is it better to have a screen roof to do something like this? Well, I like the variety of having that solid roof run, like in the coop that um, you designed that I worked with in Santa Fe, um, coupled with the ability for the chickens to kind of go out and explore a little bit of a larger area. Um, so with the, I mean, the, with the solid roof run, obviously you're preventing rain from entering the enclosure, so it's going to make growing conditions really difficult for any plant. I would think that I didn't try to grow anything inside that run. 
Um, but if I were to have, I would probably have needed to hand water or irrigate those plants. Mm. And also, you know, selected plants that would do all right in the shade and like bolster the bases of them with some kind of protection while they grew to size because there was nothing growing in that space. The chickens would have been like fully focused on that. All right. And just decimate them. So, you know, one of the things I want to re mention the point you just made in the beginning as we go forward is the difference when chickens can free range and they're able to go feed on whether it's sunflower seeds or maybe some grape vines, you know, hopefully they can eat. I don't think, I think they can eat grapes. Um, but that helps make the eggs taste so much better. And not to mention saves you on chicken feed as far as cost. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, I would really think it would be amazing to encourage people to integrate their like kitchen gardens into a system with their chicken coop. So if you imagine with me at the center, you have your beautiful Carolina coop. Um, and then you have like a run surrounding that where the chickens can come out of the coop and go, go wandering around off of that run. You have a series of gates on both sides just for easy access that leads you into another um, kind of layer. Like if you imagine a, a whirlpool or, you know, the, a tree that's been cut and you've got the different rings. So this, you've got the coop in the center, the chicken run outside of that. Outside of that, you have a fenced in area where all of your garden beds are. And that's protected from the chickens by gates. The chickens can go out to an even further perimeter run. So you've got run, garden, run, coop. With this kind of a setup, if you leave those gates open so that the chickens have access to the perimeter run at all times, they're going to protect your garden from snails, from slugs, from rabbits, from mice, from all these little creatures that are going to want to come and eat your leafy greens, eat your broccoli, eat all your vegetables. The chickens having that access to the perimeter run, you know, they're naturally like carnivores and they're omnivores, right? But they have certainly a taste for meat and they will like i've seen them destroy mice that stepped into their <laughs> their cage it's pretty brutal let, let, let me stop you there for a second I, i'm in i'm in all right now so i just want to make sure i heard this correctly and, and being a bug guy of 15 years I, I get a little excited as soon as i hear about what we called biological pest control and in this case and this is one of the huge benefits of having chickens is being a, letting them go out and eat the pests, you know, like we always hear about, oh, guineas, yeah, guineas go out there and they're notorious for eating ticks. So, but to set it up strategically, so you're saying, you mentioned it real quick, and I was trying to make the notes and I lost you. You had it run, garden, coop. Did I hear you correctly there? A coop in the center, run just out from that, garden just out from that, and a second run on the perimeter. So that if you need to, if you're working in the garden, you want to close off that inner gate so the chickens only have access to their interior run for that time, great. When you're like rotating the garden in the fall, cleaning up all of the debris from the year of growing, just open those gates, let the chickens run in those beds. They're going to turn the soil for you. They're going to take down any extra green matter that's in there. As you're weeding your garden throughout the season, just toss it over into the chicken run and then the chickens are going to eat all of those garden scraps for you. And you could plant a tree in that, in that garden space to provide, like I would choose probably a Siberian pea shrub 
It's really high in protein. It's going to drop peas that the chickens can eat. That'll be awesome for them. Fixes nitrogen. It's beautiful. And it would provide not only like shade in the run area for the chickens, but shade for your garden. Can so this for part of your garden, you can be planting your like really tender greens and things. Can the and Siberian, can the Siberian pea shrub be grown anywhere? Um, it can be grown pretty much anywhere in the, the northern hemisphere. No, nope. North America. No kidding. That I've never heard that before. Chris, have you ever heard of the Siberian pea shrub? No, no. And I, you know, I love gardening too. So this is exciting. Yeah, this is, this is incredible. Um, Bethany, do you have a visual map or layout? I would love if you have something already drawn up, maybe something you show your customers as a visual that we can upload maybe to our social media later on. But I tell you, I, this just makes so much sense. I kind of feel a little dumb that I never thought about it, but what a great selling point for a lot of the people that are on the fence. Should I get chickens or not? You know, there's obviously so many benefits to having chickens, but then to be able to explain it where I, I always tell people, let the chickens work. And people are like, well, oh, you're not yeah. a very good pet lover. Yeah, let them work. That's when they're the happiest. Yeah. And now you can make sure you're telling them which department to go to. You get in there and you start mm -hmm. working. Yeah. For sure. And the, I, you know, I went on that site survey just yesterday, and that customer wanted a chicken coop and a garden in the same space. And we stood there trying to figure this out, and we ended up almost with that design that Bethany mentioned. Um, but it was the chicken coop and garden, but not the additional pieces. So I'm going to go back to that customer and propose exactly this. Yeah, so this basically, very timely. Right, you're creating an outside layer of protection of chicken force fields uh -huh. for those chickens to surround that garden area. So your snails and any other pests for the gardening, no pesticides, biological pest control. That is just absolutely incredible. Now, you mentioned with gates, I'm assuming you can also do the same thing with what a lot of people call tunnels, where we can actually maybe have a chicken tunnel to bypass that garden area, maybe during the growing season, right? Once you want them getting out there, but you, obviously they're going to love to get into the gardens, uh, but to make sure they bypass the garden area to get into that outer layer of protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great call. And for me personally, with this design, like I have dogs, so my dogs have free reign of the yard on the outer, you know, beyond that outer run. So they protect the chickens, chickens protect the garden, and then those three layers of runs are just that extra level of security from raccoons or possums or anything that might be trying to break into your coop. Although I know with like what you're just, your last caller said, it's so true, that Carolina coop is very, very high security. Thank you. So um, Bethany, I definitely want to continue going on with you educating us, but we have some questions coming in and I'm not sure exactly how much time we have, but this is, this is good. This is really good uh, for all our listeners out there. If you have questions for Bethany, if you have any questions for Bethany, please call in directly 929-32-COOPS. Well, but I didn't ask Bethany, would you be willing to take on some callers maybe? Yeah, yeah, let's try it out. I would absolutely no love to do that. that. I have all the answers, <laughs> yeah. but I do have Google at my fingertips. So well, I'm sure we can, you know, this is what I, I love, uh, you know, even about our video that we did out in Santa Fe and everyone I work with. I, I can't stand the people like, oh, you know, I know everything. Those people know nothing. This is what I love about, you know, with Kristen and you and just Ingrid, everyone we work with. We don't know all the answers, but that's what makes us honest is we're willing to tell you, well, we don't know. But we're going to go find out. 
and if not, put it to the test. So um, no worries there. And of course, everyone out there, if you want to text us a question, which I think is what's coming in, Jimmy uh, sending me some notes. Kristen, are you seeing the notes on your end? Yes, yes. And these are some of the same questions that I have and I get all the time. Hot Mess Hen asks, are there plants that you should not plant around chickens? Anything that they shouldn't eat in mass quantities? From what I know, and you probably know more than I do about this, Kristen, um, but I know that chickens kind of have an innate knowledge of what is toxic for them and what is not. Um, so I know in my experience raising chickens and farmer friends of mine have just kind of given the chickens the ability to eat whatever and trusted them not to eat things that are going to be bad for them. And that has worked really flawlessly. I mean, I do know that like daffodils aren't supposedly aren't good for chickens, um, Daphne, foxglove, uh, geraniums, different kind of like ornamental plants that I might not put a lot of around the chickens, especially if they don't have access to other forage foods. And they might just be like really tempted to go in there and eat all your daffodils. <laughs> yeah, I've had the same experience where I've just thrown out everything as far as compost goes and mm -hmm. um, let my chickens have free range to whatever they want to eat. And aside from the one exception and that's moldy bread they they seem to know what to eat and yeah. i just don't sweat it awesome yeah so, such a huge topic all the time and i love the people i even had one time i'll never forget it's an older video i said giving them the leftover pizza and people were like that's gonna make the chickens obese i was just like oh my <laughs> gosh what did i what am i dealing with here what am i getting into but you know I have not seen them really. I mean, exactly what you just said. I think that's such an important point. And they know what they want to eat and not eat. I know right now we probably got some people freaking out. We should go check our social media. Ah, no, don't give them apples. They're going to eat the seeds and you're going to die from the arsenic, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I saw that, like, I've seen online people claiming that you should never give chickens nightshades, like tomatoes and, um, you know, <laughs> oh, eight, they clean, love tomatoes. Peppers. I know. I was really surprised to see that because, I mean, I've given our chickens like so many tomato leaves and things as we're pulling all of that, you know, off in the fall and they just were all totally fine. I think they primarily ate tomato plants for like two or three days last fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading this like, oh no, well, it must not be true. Exactly. You know, and, that, and the, the one thing that, you know, Kristen mentioned about the moldy bread, that's what I tell people. They really, if you can eat it, they can eat it. But if it's moldy, they, do, they don't do well with mold. That they, it's mm -hmm. very toxic to the chicken, so don't feed them anything moldy. But I, I tell you, even our chickens, they love the coffee grounds, sour milk. Mm -hmm. The other day we had leftover lo mein. They love the noodles. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, so let me just sum up real quick because we kind of bounced all over the place. We There really isn't anything to not – well, see, what was the question again? Not to grow what could be toxic to grow around the chickens, right, if I remember the question? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Thank you. See, it's just that simple, folks. Again, if you're on the fence, think about getting chickens. You're like, oh, my gosh, I got nightshade growing. I, got, I love my tomatoes. Don't overthink it. You know. And, and, again, this is the whole point of this show is we are chicken people, and this is what I love to do. I bring in the pros, bring in the experts, and bring in people that have done this for years. And it's just chickens not that. Chickens just have great instincts. Exactly. I mean, I just all say that over and over again. Absolutely. So that was a great question. Uh, so after this 
force fields of how to stage your back area. What's some other things we should think about with that companion planting and some other things that you have advice for us? I just go back to stacking the functions. You know, if you're trying to figure out how something works in your garden, what's what's going to be the lowest maintenance solution for you so that you utilize that system so that it's easy? Like, um, we've got this amazing deep litter method in the Carolina Coops. So that's going to be eventually composted. Now you've got your garden right around your chicken coop. To the back, put your three compost bins. You're cleaning out your coop once a year, once every two years. All of that bedding goes right in your compost pile. All your garden scraps go right in your compost pile. If you need help turning it a little bit, let your chickens out there. They're going to go nuts. I mean, you could even go as far as, like I've designed um, home systems where you've got a greenhouse off of the kitchen for year-round vegetable production and enclosed space. You back your coop up onto that greenhouse. You create a nesting box opening in the greenhouse. So all you have to do is walk out of your kitchen into your greenhouse, get your eggs in the morning. The greenhouse heats the chicken coop at night. The coop heats the greenhouse. There's all these symbiotic relationships that can be created here. Another really great plant um, for planting around chickens in forage sort of situations where they have a larger run space be like comfrey chickens love comfrey comfrey also creates an awesome compost tea for your garden and it can be separated really easily so you you know you've got one comfrey plant you can separate it many times and have a lot more uh, mullein super fun plant for kids really great for your lungs it's an awesome medicinal chickens love it it's great for chickens um, amaranth i would just think about you know perennial edible crops that are going to spread easily on your property in those forage areas for the chickens that will provide them with a lot of additional nutrients and variety in their diets. And then you get to enjoy the best eggs on earth and really happy chickens that hopefully a lower cost to you. Absolutely. Um, this, this is just a subject I have learned so much already. And Kristen, I definitely think we can add this to our arsenal. Yeah. I'd love some of these, um, like the have some of this stuff on our social media like you mentioned like the drawing the sketch these the lists of plants if there's any other plants um i, I want to well sorry go ahead have you ever used uh deer forage is that comparable to the kind of forage that that chickens for raising eat? deer no for uh for making for growing forage for your chickens is deer forage the seeds sold for deer, are they comparable to the same forage that chickens like to eat? I actually don't know. I'm not very familiar with, my, my experience with deer as a gardener has been very defensive. Yeah, or like offense, you know, playing offense against these these uh, deer coming in. But, you know, I fear, are you asking, um, kind of thinking about like, Deer pressure and deer maybe wanting to come no, into these um, areas. It sounds no, like she might have some of it on hand and want to just go out there and throw it, see if it'll grow, and the chickens will enjoy no, it well, too. In, in the big box stores, there's deer forage sold in bags, and it's a collection of seeds that are high protein, like um, turnip, peas, uh, clover. Um, you know, that just uh, I, I don't remember everything right off the hand, offhand. Chicory, um, just a bunch of high protein, leafy forage um, 
plants. So I, I was right. just wondering well, yeah, if that's... that's... I mean, all those are plants that would be amazing for chickens. I'm sure that you could just use that for sure. Yeah, okay. So that could be an alternative for people who just want a variety of forage plants. They can use the deer forage that's sold in, in all the hardware stores and the big box stores. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, you know, that is such a good idea because you just simplified it. Like, I'm thinking, what in the world's a comfrey? I don't know how to spell mullion, you know. But, you know, another thing I just realized, and this is crazy, one thing I've learned over the years, it's usually the wife or one of the partners, I should say, wants the chickens and then the other person doesn't. How many wives now could be like, honey, go get some deer forage, and, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And you could just take it out into your run with a rake, rake up the ground a little bit, loosen the soil, you know, throw down, literally just throw into the wind handfuls of seeds, let them fall where they may. And depending on where you are, like in Santa Fe, we would have had to um, water it all in really carefully, really thoroughly, and probably cover it with a layer of hay. But if you're in Alabama, you could just leave it probably, right? the rain will do the rest for you and you'll have a great forage crop crop the next season yeah right exactly i I would totally agree set it forget it throw it out there let nature do its thing so there's another question over there uh kristen you want to read that one i'm kind of anxious to hear the answer to this one you read it so much better than i do is that about the arbor this is about the arbor okay yeah bethany i'm making an arbor for my chicken run for protection and shade what suggestions do you have for planting on the arbor Hmm. Uh, I would go with nasturtiums. They're beautiful. They're edible for humans and chickens, edible flowers, or like maybe some peas. Oh, that is a Um, good idea. Yeah, snow peas. Hold hold on, hold on, hold on. What was it called? A nasturtium. Oh, yeah. I'm not not even going to try it. All right. Hopefully people know what that means. And Ingrid, (laughs) I know you're listening and, and taking notes. I'm sure Jimmy is as well. This is all good stuff. I think we should definitely make sure we put this up on our social media but you know just something real quick i was wondering your website environmentalharmony.com do you Uh have a link that we can share that i know people are probably just salivating going oh my gosh i want to learn more do you have a page set set up yet specifically for chicken people i don't have a chicken page specifically i do have a blog um and i will post all of this information to my blog and share that link with you guys and create a you know visual diagram for this garden design that I'm talking about, so that makes it really easy for everyone to understand. I know I'm a super visual person, so I'm glad I was able to describe that to you guys. And you're not just like, what is she talking about? <laughs> no, I got it. I I am just amazed, and I just love the system. You know, it's like a machine. It's a biological machine that's going to work yes. for you. You know, intelligent design. That's the way we have to grow forward as humanity. Intelligent design. Uh, Mm -hmm. All right. So that's awesome. And then I know Jessica and Ingrid are both great gardeners. Uh, I I love what uh, Ingrid's doing with her microgreens. And then Jessica was mentioning that she she had some questions. And I was trying to get her back on to ask these questions, but I know she's dying for a question. So, Jessica, if you're still listening, uh, shoot me a text. Let me know what you wanted to ask Bethany. Because Jessica is almost a master gardener, which I don't know really what that means, but it sounds pretty cool. And (laughs) I would love to hear what she has to ask because you would think people that are master gardeners, they know everything. But this is what I love is just there's such a huge world of gardening. And this is the future without a doubt. And this is why, Bethany, I'm so excited for you. 
because uh, I know that had to be scary to go from Santa Fe, move to the East Coast, start a business. And, I, and I, as an entrepreneur myself, I'm going to be one of your biggest fans. And I hope nothing but the best for you. And it will, you will definitely be successful because when you're doing what you love, which apparently, obviously you do, you'll be extremely successful. And I just want to make sure we're able to team up in the future because I know I have a lot of customers that Absolutely. would love to be able to even like even today when we get off the show, I got some customers I would love to just send your way and they're and they're probably gonna say, Yeah, please come on out. Cause you know, when we do the site surveys for chicken coops, um customers find that very, very valuable. This is just gonna take it a step further because so many of our customers are also doing the gardening. Yeah, teaming up and offering, you know, chicken specific permaculture landscape design along with the coop setup could be a very, very cool route to go. And like you said, you're driven by passion. I mean, it, it is scary to leave the known for the unknown, but, you know, what are you waiting for? If you have a purpose and a reason to be here, something yeah. worthwhile to do. So true. I can tell you, I made that leap. I remember feeling like I was jumping off a cliff without a parachute. And what, what, really, what really did it for me is when I realized the biggest thing I should be in fear of is not doing it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the biggest risk is not taking a risk at all. So all our listeners out there, especially the ones I often brag when I'm out doing a chicken coop, whether it's in California or wherever, I'll get up on the roof. And that's when it hits me. It's like, oh, my gosh, I have the best cubicle. And so many people I know are stuck in those cubicles not doing what they love to do. And I think that's just such a crime because it's scary. But I can tell you firsthand, it's not that scary. If you're going to go do something you love to do, it'll be successful. It'll be there. And again, I'm so happy for you, and I hope we get to work a lot in the coming future. Thanks, Matt. Likewise. You know what is more scary than going after something you're passionate about is being too afraid to do something that you care about, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I've yeah. never been so happy to be sleep deprived. <laughs> oh, man. You know, that is so true. That is so true. So also, I wanted to mention, are you still doing your podcast, Growing Forward? I am, yes. Awesome. And I wanted the plug. I think I was your first one. Uh, I haven't been back yet to see how that's doing, but I hope that was doing well. But I'll never forget a question you asked me, and I was slightly embarrassed, and I said, dang, that's a good question. It just made me realize I don't do enough of it. And so I, I always said, I'm going to turn around and ask her, and I know you're going to have some great answers. But what is the book that you would recommend to go read? Hmm. Good. Oh, That's the same man. thing I said. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> well, if you want to so, do uh, a short list, we can post that as well. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Dirt to Soil by Gabe Brown is a regenerative agriculture book that it just is a really great overview of that whole regenerative agriculture movement, soil building with mob grazing cattle. And it's super amazing. Um, folks, this ain't normal. Joel Salatin. Oh man, he is like my guru. And that book. Let's go out and meet Joel. I want. He's on our wish list. Joel Salatin. He is on my yes. wish list to interview. If you do not know this man, go to YouTube right now. He reminds me of one of my, by far my favorite teacher I ever had in Earth Science. Joel Salatin. He is just like. He's just incredible. I wouldn't know where to begin, yeah. but he's like the poetic farmer human. just to listen to him talk about 
farming and how it all cooperates and that I'll never forget the question. Or no, he made a point one time that I'll never forget. And that was, he mentioned, what is he a farmer of? Cause he's got pigs, he's got chickens, he's got turkeys. He's got so many great videos and he explains it to simplify he it. The soil. He farms the, the soil, he farms grass. And yeah. that's when it clicked. I said, my God, that is exactly it. So that's what I love about the man. And I hope that one day we can get him on the show because I would love to pick his brain a little bit more, Same but here. you know, He's also on my podcast wish list for sure. Very nice. Maybe we can team up, but I so want to go out and do the tour at Polyface yeah, Farms. Polyface. Oh, man, me too. And I just, uh, I, I, I love the guy. I just, he is just an amazing person to listen. He's just so sincere, so honest. And I love when he gets, he loves his fancy words that sometimes I got to go Google the definition, but he's like, he puts it in poetry in a way. It's just incredible. That yeah, sounds like a, a tax write-off, actually, that trip. <laughs> I love where your head is at. Absolutely. We need to go do that. And, you know, I, I will, and a part of me, I'm a little scared. I hope I seek his approval because, you know, I know mm -hmm. some people, which we're going to come up here a little bit, continue to talk about that Coop Envy with our YouTube channel. You know, he makes his coops so, so simple. And mm -hmm. I hope he does it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, gosh, those are some expensive eggs. That's not why we do it. You know, anyone can, you know, whatever. We'll talk about that when we cross that bridge. So, um, Bethany, thank you so much. That was absolutely awesome. We got to talk again in the future and plan for that date. And hopefully we can go do a coop soon. We'll do go do a site survey, maybe a green roof or something. Yeah, we'll have to have a Carolina Coops Environmental Harmony road trip to Polyface before too long. We should I'm do in. that. that we're, all, we're all over here. <laughs> Great to talk with you. Nice to meet you, Kristen. Thanks yes. so much for having me on the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Bethany. All right. Uh-oh. It works. If you're driving right now, I apologize. You are not being pulled over. It is that time, 11 o'clock. We're actually two minutes early. Ingrid has just joined us. It's time to review the YouTube channel. The good, bad, and the ugly. Maybe the good, bad, and the great comments, hopefully. The great suggestions, right, Ingrid? Um, exactly, yes. <laughs> so um. real, real, real quick, before we get started, uh, Kristen, what, what, that, that was awesome. That was better than I expected, especially when it comes to, what is she, there was intelligent, was it, what did she call it, intelligent what? Intelligent design intelligent design ingrid i i'm assuming you can agree because one thing that you know i've always been in awe of what you've done with your gardens or actually your house is you've turned your entire corner property into a garden and i imagine there's a lot of thought that goes into it not just what am i going to grow but where exactly um all the stuff that bethany was talking about is stuff that we've incorporated um and it was great to hear her suggestions about incorporating the garden and the chickens because that's not always the easiest thing to do right so um because i was plant i i have a lot of um stuff growing that i pick up and move and read mm -hmm. to different places and i plant it as oh i have some oregano let me plant it by the chicken coop and i bury it right in the predator apron and they just dug it up <laughs> so, <laughs> so i have to be a little bit more diligent about where i am planting it so but yeah. it's, it, it's, um, Beth, I just, I, I'm, I want Bethany and I to have a little field trip. I want her to have a field trip here and then I want to go see her place and then we'll all go to Polyface. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'll tell you, I enjoyed her company when we were out in Santa Fe cause she really felt like one of us where she's just honest, sincere, 
uh, loves what she does. She's not one of those people that pretend to know it all, this and that. And she loves what she does. It just that's that's a sign of a good person to have around. So yeah. um, definitely, Bethany. Again, thank you so much for that time. And so back to YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so what do you got for by us? The way, well, I have two things just to mention that um, Bethany's video that you did with her was called the Deep Litter Method Explained, plus what to put in your run. It's the Santa Fe Modern Chicken Coop. So if you want to see that, and plus there's a behind the scenes with that one as well. There is an awesome behind the <laughs> scenes. If you are not already a subscriber, please go to YouTube. Do a search. How do people find well, they Just search Carolina Coops, right? Yeah, we have the link on um, on the website. Perfect. Or the YouTube channel on the top there. That is one so of the best behind the scenes videos and what makes me so upset is we don't get nearly as many views for that but maybe it's a compliment because people are there to, to learn about the coops not see the madness that goes <laughs> on behind the scenes especially when you're seven thousand feet in elevation <laughs> and you can barely <laughs> breathe but anyways the, the the behind the scenes are my you know are my favorite videos to do so <laughs> they take a long time but they're a lot of fun so because we had bethany on i wanted to mention some comments um concerning her video with you oh oh i should have kept me well hold on is bethany still well, i think bethany is still with us uh let me unmute her i heard a little bit bethany are you still with us i'm still here oh okay i am so glad i thought maybe you were leaving but bethany here we go welcome to my world you ready for this Hi, okay hey ingrid how are you doing i'm good i'm good um so this is my favorite comment i think of all time um because people are very enamored with you, Bethany. So Bob Smith said, my first hen is going to be named Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, man. I hope it's like a Sussex pullet or an, an arcana. Really mean. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a lot of comments on, on, um, on how hot you are and how you're a hammer and that you were smart <laughs> and good looking and you have a big That's fan really club nice. you had a big fan club there um and deborah said wow this is the most educational educational video you've ever done i'm pumped thank you awesome so, yeah it was a you guys talking about the composting with with the deep litter yeah, absolutely. You know, Bethany, that is something too. I want to, in the future, dive into the science more. I want to learn more about the composting. And I do agree. That was one of the best descriptions of the YouTube or on YouTube about the composting. And I feel like we could expand it so much more on that. Uh, so hopefully we can plan something for the future, definitely to dive into the difference. Because here's the thing, the difference between anaerobic and aerobic, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll definitely. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you, are you asking me right now? Yeah, I'm sorry. That was a bad way. Yeah. So yeah, in the future, we definitely got to hammer that out a little bit more because one of the myths that I think a lot of people have, and I was wrong in the beginning. I thought this too, and I thought it was a benefit, but they're like, that's going to be a heat source. It's going to get too hot in the hen house. But when you describe that it doesn't get hot because there is there's a lack of oxygen, that this is just like how you compost <laughs> human manure, <laughs> it, right. you know, so. By the way, also with the human newer thing, there are a lot of people on YouTube who claim that the only way these super desertified um, two-thirds world countries, like huge swaths of Africa, can no longer grow their own crops because they've destroyed their topsoil so much. The only way they're going to be able to turn that around is by 
broad scale humanure composting. So I know in the first world in America, we, we defecate into clean water. So responsible waste management is not our forte, but it's hilarious to me how shocked people were by that term. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't even imagine going flying over there and participating in that. That is when it told me that this chick is pretty cool to, I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. Um, you must really love what you do, like I was just saying. So what else you got for us, Ingrid? Um, there was another positive one that said that from Crystal Dragon, I've been enjoying the videos, but this was the one that got me to subscribe. So thank you for the info in a good, fun, and positive way. So that was a good one. Awesome. What was her name? Um, it, the handle was Crystal Dragon. Is that what I got to call it? The handle? I'm wrong by saying what her name is. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm sorry. What was the handle? Crystal Dragon. That's why Crystal Dragon. That's a pretty good handle. Bravo to you, Crystal Dragon. Thank you so much. Um, so, and the, now we have somebody from, it was a different video. Um, if you wanted to get into billy hillbilly bmx oh this is gonna be good i could tell already yeah. here we go hillbilly <laughs> come on hillbilly what do you so got this was, this was in comment to um the the duck chicken coop the craftsman duck chicken coop and it was about the hemp so he says straight from france wow because you need wood chip from france so do you sell ice cubes to eskimos too <laughs> so um so i explained to him that we weren't speaking about wood chips but about hemp and then he started telling me I was wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> he, um, he said that, he, he said, um, your guy put a bale of chips in and said these are straight from France. Watch the video, bud. Pay attention to your own words before you try to correct me. Buddy, you're wrong. Are you freaking kidding me right now? That's how he's Hey, Hillbilly, me. give us a call right now. 929-32 Coops, please, please. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and, and we're gonna we're gonna start giving out these YouTube Chicken Police shirts to to, to people like this. Um, so oh, I don't know. Look, that's encouraging this behavior. <laughs> I don't get. Well, it's not gonna be yeah, for everyone. I'm with Kristen on that one. Oh, okay. I'm with Kristen. You know, it's just well, it's like killing them with kindness, and that's just kind of the person I like to be most of the time. So hold on, let me understand this. He's telling me that I use the wrong words by saying we. Br- no. Go ahead. I don't no, think he, he understands what no, hemp he, is. Yeah, he thought that hemp was basically pine shavings that you said were from France. So I explained to him that there was industrial hemp um, and that it, our grower is in France and that it can't always be grown here. There's a lot of regulations, which is why we, we have it from a manufacturer in France. And I gave him links to see what the hemp bedding was all about. And he's just telling me I'm wrong. And I said, he said, you should watch the video. And I said, I don't have to watch the video because I edited the video. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. I, so I said, um, you know, I, okay. I, just, all tried, right, all right. I well, just tried to explain to him what we were talking about and I, with, with different links so he could see. Yeah, he, um, he's just, he's, a, I don't want to say it. Thanks okay. a lot, Hillbilly, but you're way wrong. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, w- which video was this again? That was for the Craftsman Chicken and Duck Coop. Is that the one in Virginia? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Yeah, guys, if you get a chance and you haven't seen that video, that's an awesome chicken coop. Go check it out. 
and yeah no it's hemp it's industrial hemp the stuff is awesome and yeah it comes in from france pretty soon it's gonna come from america it's gonna be grown right here they're slowly getting there but of course everything in america they got to regulate it the government's got to figure out how to get their cut that's all we're waiting on that's really what it really comes down to and it is gonna happen and also i know a lot of people are asking when is the industrial hemp coming in i think we're up to like 400 people on the waiting list i apologize it's gonna be here hopefully within the next couple weeks i cannot wait <laughs> we're gonna we're hopefully they send a couple ups trucks when we go to fill that truck so that is gonna be out so anyways very good hillbilly what else you got ingrid um so somebody asked about the Beth Any video. This was a question. They wanted some information. They said, what about winter ventilation? If you seal in the the, the wind chill, um, where does that leave the fumes? So maybe you can explain how our coops are made even when they're the windows are closed and stuff. So when we close off the windows, where do the fumes go? In the hen house, I guess. Absolutely. You know, th th that is actually a very good question because there is, you know, that topic of insulating and heating the hen house, I think people get it so wrong. And so in order for me to comment on that, let me explain this first. You do not want to heat your hen house. You do not need to heat your hen house. And what happens is people make the mistake of when you go to heat something, in this case, the hen house, you think, well, it's time to insulate it. Well, if you insulate and seal it up, yeah, you're going to keep the warm air in, but you're also trapping the moisture. And that's all fine and dandy at night when the chickens are sleeping until they got to get up in the morning and you need them to go work. They get down inside that run. Now it's like getting out of the shower. They're covered with all that moisture. They go down in there and you have a much higher chance of frostbite. So you want consistency. But to get to the point here, well, this is why you don't insulate it. You, you close off the windows. The reason for closing off the windows is not to keep it warmer in there. It's to stop the wind chill. There's a big difference between temperature and wind chill period now here's the other thing there is still ventilation those hen houses still breathe especially up through the ridge cap that is very important and we have just learned just by closing off those windows i don't care you know we got coops all the way up in alaska up in the canada they have zero problems you just block the wind chill you do have ventilation above along the the eaves right yeah absolutely it still yeah. will exhale it still will yeah. breathe up along the eaves out through the ridge cap and if you have the cupola there, there you know there's really not a science right. behind it just block off the wind chill it's really that simple and then yet you, you don't want to trap moisture i've seen this in today's construction with new homes where they insulate them so well that they're trapping moisture believe it or not there is that perfect ratio and if i remember correctly a home Oh, God, I'm going to have some builders shoot me. I, I, the number 30% comes to me where you actually got to have the house breathe. Even if all your windows are shut, the house is still breathing. It's finding that happy medium because you don't want to trap in moisture. You're going to have major problems. So hopefully that made sense. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you, you haven't made then, me mad yet, Ingrid. Come on. There's got to be one that get me going. There, you were, I'm getting I was to be mad about Hillbilly. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, how dare he call our hemp wood chips? Oh, no. It's the and furthest thing from me. wood chips. Yeah, and then the argue. And listen, I'm paying Ingrid to argue with these people, so <laughs> maybe you don't deserve a T-shirt. You, you, you know, but, uh, yeah, you don't got to spend – You know, some of these people, they're just they – Hemp have, is so much cooler than wood chips. Way It cooler. really is. Way, way cooler. But, All right, what else you got? Um, let's see. What else do I got? Um, 
I think I did these. Oh, they were some people were asking about doing deep litter with rabbits. Did we touch on that at all? Speaking of rabbits, did, did you guys see? I, I am the worst father in the world. My daughter, Jada, she is just like me. <laughs> we went and got another little bunny. And uh -oh. what's funny is we went to this lady's house. And I told her, I said, Jetta, we got to get there real quick before she leaves at 1230. And she goes, why would a store be closed at 1230? I'm going, oh, dear, honey. I, I go, Jetta, this is a breeder. And she's like, huh? We get there, and she's in awe. We get the little baby bunny. We leave. And in the backseat, she goes, Daddy, I want to just be like her. But instead of 1,000 bunnies, I want 100,000 bunnies. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, here we go. But there is a, there's, there's a lot of people that raise rabbits for meat. And here's the other thing. And, and then I'm going to bring Bethany. I see Bethany still on. I had to mute her because there was some background noise. I'm going to unmute you if you're still there. Bethany, are you still there? I'm here. So thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. There's a lot of background noise, so I apologize. I had to mute you. But correct me if I'm wrong for to begin with. You cannot over-fertilize with rabbit droppings. Is that true? I actually don't know. I'm not... I've never raised rabbits on my own. I'm guessing probably super high in nitrogen, their droppings, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I've been told. I, I don't know how that would compare with chicken droppings. Are they different? I'm not sure. Yeah, and I don't know rabbits, either. Rabbits are vegetarians. Chickens aren't. Right. Okay, so <laughs> that'll that make the much. droppings different. Here so, we go. You know, so Since rabbit dung breaks down quickly, there's usually little threat of burning the roots of plants. Rabbit manure fertilizer is rich in nitrogen and phosphorus. And that's exactly what I was told okay. by an old school farmer years ago in East Texas. And they're usually, well, so I'll not, I just, I said, I'll never forget that. Cause he's like, boy, you need to make some rabbit hutches. I'm like, all right, someday. And then, but he explained to me that how excellent the fertilizer is because you can't overdo it because I've seen that. I'll never forget my first ex-brother-in-law. He decided to fertilize his lawn. Next thing you know, I'm thinking it's going to be lush and green. Now he burned it. And that was my first lesson in over-fertilization. So mm. there's definitely a future. So now to get to the point is, can it compost? Is there anything that can't be composted? Um, like meat and bones, really toxic. Like, I mean, things like dog feces, Anything like that, I know, has to be composted for a really long time at higher temperatures. But, but it still I'm, can be I mean, composted. everything breaks down. Right. Nature is constantly composting everything. Right. So I would have to say, one, I would love to find out more about it. And I am, we have done rabbit hutches for the record, too. We've done rabbit hutches or rabbit structures. And I definitely see a future for it, especially with food security. More, and I hope to raise it. I know it's going to sound awful, but I, I've never ate rabbit. I want to, but to, I want that security of knowing there's can other. We, can we get Jetta's input on that? Oh, dear, no. Yeah, and can I just say, <laughs> she Matt, know? Matt, do you know that sexing baby bunnies is harder than sexing silkies? So you might have more bunnies than you want. Well, can I say this then? I'm I know just we're telling you that right now. So, well, let me let me say this then to that point. I know we're getting way off topic, but again, for even our chicken people, this is chickens are the gateway drug into homesteading, and rabbits are coming right after turkeys, right after ducks, uh, probably after goats. Then comes rabbits. You know, uh, we should do a T-shirt that says that, and it's like a timeline. Um, MJ, who came in, who's one of our employees that is helping get this farm up and running, Jetta went running out to her. And said, MJ, please come in and sex my bunnies because that one bunny, her original bunny, just dominated uh, the, the baby bunny. 
So I thought it was a male. And she came in, and MJ did say, yeah, it's difficult to sex them. But she showed me. I thought it was quite easy. So unless we're wrong, but you kind of just. Maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe it's the babies that are hard to sex. Yeah, I think well, the baby, she yeah. sexed that her baby, sense. the baby bunny, the mini lap. She showed me, and they were identical body parts, but she made it look so easy. So maybe that's the hard part is knowing how to handle them because it was the same way with reptiles is you had to push on them a certain way to see if they had they actually have two penises, believe it or not, a hemi penis, I think it was called. So it's not hard to identify once you see it. What's hard is getting it out. So anyways, oh, no. so composting rabbit droppings. Oh, did I say something? <laughs> what did I just do? Anyways, okay. So I let's learn more about that composting rabbit droppings. But I have to say, absolutely. According to uh, MSU, Michigan State University, you do not have to compost rabbit droppings before putting them directly on your garden. So they don't. There's no need for the deep litter. Is basically what we're saying, I guess, right? That's what it looks like, yeah. Yeah. You know what else to that point that just occurred to me? When we went to this lady's house that had rabbits everywhere, I kid you, this is going to sound so disgusting. She had wheelbarrows underneath the screen floors, huge wheelbarrows that were completely full. It looked like a giant bowl of Cocoa Puffs just overflowing. <laughs> there was no smell. I was like, oh, my gosh. I thought it just there's just – it's nothing. There's no carbon. It was just, so – I guess I can see that, absolutely. Oh, let's not forget about our giveaway. Let's not oh, that yeah, I guess oh, yeah. it is. We've got to get a little we behind. Go. All right, we'll do that as soon as we get done with YouTube. But thank you, Kristen, for reminding me. Are you sure? That, we're that, done. That was good. I, I that, I, I'm going to start putting mean stuff up there. <laughs> I got more mean stuff, but I, you know, I got to save it for, for next week. All right. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much. It was great seeing you. Thank you for all your help you do over there. Uh, down Thank also you, in Raleigh, North Carolina. You are welcome. Can't do this without you. Keep up the good work. And, you guys, uh, too. You're doing will... a great job. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. It is 11.17. Can you believe an hour and 17, 17 minutes already? Now, I have noticed something about this particular show. I'm not sure if people have tried calling in. We're having problems because nobody has actually called in except for that one caller. So I'm not sure if we just don't have people that want to call in anymore. Uh, but that's okay because there have been a lot of questions submitted. And I am ready if we want to go ahead and announce the winner of the Egg Collecting Apron from Fluffy Layers. Do we have a yeah, drum roll? I, have... I don't have a drum roll. I don't have a drum roll either. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> do you want to go ahead and announce it? Her name is Chris, and her handle is at my aunts are marching. And if she's not listening, we will go ahead and message her directly on Instagram and coordinate getting that prize to her. Chris, thank you so much. Congratulations. My aunts are marching. Another great I – am, I am not good at creating a good handle name. And, of course, I am a Dave Matthews fan, so that kind of reminds me of Dave Matthews, right? Am I wrong? Am I losing it? My aunts are marching. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was a line in one of the songs. So, Chris, congratulations. Please make sure you email us so we can know where to send this for you. Congratulations. So, 1120. Uh, Kristen, let's um, let's do a couple questions. What do you say? Yeah, we can do a couple. Yeah. We probably need to wrap up. Yeah, we need to wrap up soon. And I know we got chicken news coming up too soon. Right. So. Let's do a couple questions. And there is a gentleman, I, I, if you could read, Jason Snyder out there. He's been a, uh, very consistent. I definitely appreciate it. He's got a lot of great mm -hmm. questions. 
Uh, go ahead, read. Um, go ahead and read us that one question there. Right yeah, the Jason wrote in. He said, "Please discuss best electric fence set up with your coops. Also, is kill safe to be used as a primer or generally near the chickens? Also, please discuss how to secure free-range chickens at the end of a day." Ooh. I'm going to have you answer the electric <laughs> fence because I know this is something that you're experimenting with, but I'll go ahead and answer the free range chickens at the end of the day. Again, man, this is a theme for the show, but chicken instincts, they're so strong. You don't have to do anything. They go right back to where their home is. They go back to the coop right at sunset, right before sunset, every single day. It it's happens it's it's just that easy. You can almost set your watch to it. And I almost right. want to say sometimes you see them come back in the same order every night. And mm -hmm. if you don't believe us, go to, again, Carolina Coop's YouTube channel. I don't remember the name of the video. Forgive me, but just do a search for I think his name was Drumstick. I kid you not. We took a rooster from our shop that was driving me nuts over there. He was in a chick coop. We brought him five miles from the shop to the farm. We had to cross the New York State Thruway, Canandaigua Outlet and come up another two miles anyways the chicken the, the rooster disappeared his name was drumstick drumstick disappeared two weeks later where do we find them right back at the chicken coop at the shop they know where home is they are creatures of habit yes like kristen's saying let their instincts work to your advantage uh but the biggest thing is if you are going to let them out if you're okay with free ranging don't try to be like rocky trying to you know chase the chicken around if you let them out make sure you know let them come back on their own right before sunset. Okay. All right. Well, what about this electric fence? And if you want to mention anything about kills. So kills, I'm assuming he's referring to kills primer. And I have very little experience with the use of kills primer. I do know that, you know, a lot of people, and I'm not saying there, there's not a reason for concern, but, you know, when paints are curing, they can emit a fume. Absolutely. I've been poisoned once myself, painting in a closed bathroom. I was not happy at the end of that day. So it is very real. But once it cures, I don't, you know, I'm not a scientist, but it's not, I, I can't see a reason why it would be an issue. And a lot of times I think people mistake chicken pecking and chicken eating. You know, we talked a little about this in the beginning of the show with Shelly, that a lot of people are like, oh, those chickens are eating the hemp. No, they're not. They're packing, right, Kristen? And that, I remember you've always told me that's their way. That's, they're curious creatures. That's their way of smelling. Yes. Yeah, they do. So, you know, we paint already the inside of the coops, and we never, ever have had an issue. But specifically kills, my best advice would be read the label, read the fine print on the back of that can, and I am most certain on the back of that can there's going to be a customer service phone number. And I would call them, and I know they're going to be a little biased, everyone's going to be biased about their product, but I would say that's going to probably be your best answer to give them a call. And I think I might do the same things. I would like to know for sure myself. Now, as far as the electric fence, right? Right. Discuss the best electric fence setup. So as far as the best electric fence setup, yes, I just started experimenting with this last year because my turkeys were going to my neighbor's house roosting on their front porch, and oh my gosh, was it a mess. I felt so bad. And so I incorporated the electric fence, and I absolutely love it. I still use it today. And 
as far as answering the best setup, I, I got to give, again, Polyface Farms with Joel Soliton. The man's just, he's a genius. And he puts it so simple. I watched his videos. He uses a lot of the fencing. And one of the things he mentioned about setting it up, and it is an art. There absolutely is an art to it. Do it in a circle. It just makes sense. If you try to corner it in a 90, you're putting too much tension on that corner stake. And they're, they're flimsy, but they're designed to be put in the ground real quick, and then you can move them. But when you do it in a circle, you're distributing the tension equally on all those posts and it looks so much better and then another little tip i've learned is especially if you're not on level ground it can get a little loose on top well you just go to the top of each post and you can loop the nylon netting around to kind of take up that tension so i hope that answers the question the best electric fence setup but other than that you know there's a lot of great products out there that they're all they all pretty much work the same and i can tell you too i'm not a I don't want to say this wrong. This is the one time I absolutely love the use of solar because you don't need a lot of power. So the storage banks with the built-in solar panel that come with a lot of these electric fences, they work well. Just make sure they're pointed south and you'll be in good shape. Great. So you mean you're using one of those um, portable fencing? Yes. Portable. But I, it's not portable. I just wanted to collect it. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not using it being portable. It was definitely... Right. And I, I do love it. I tell you, it has made a huge difference. And also because, you know, we do have predators. Well, we all have predators. God, I just sound just like our customers. We all have predators. But, I mean, I got coyotes screaming around here at night. It's incredible. My French Mastiff goes nuts. And it is another great barrier. Due diligence. You know, I have complete faith in, our, in the protection of our chicken coops. But for those people that, you know, have built their own coop, if you're a little worried about the quality of your run that you built you surround that with the electric fencing that's going to add a great layer of protection especially if you're nocturnal creatures that will try to get into your coop at night where the highest pressure is so there's some more questions there and i see we got a caller um should you ready to take a call real quick yeah we can take a call all right so we're gonna bring in we have a gentleman by the name of Sean from Annapolis Junction. I have not read his question yet, but I am going to click on talk. We are going to bring in Sean. So it's not afternoon yet. So good morning, Sean. Hey, Matt. How's it going? It is going extremely well. I, I, I am very happy right now. I'm loving life. It's been a dream to have this show and to have um, surrounded by all these people helping make it possible and to have a caller call in. I haven't read your question yet. What can we do for you? Sure. So let me just, uh, maybe it came across a little squirrely in my call, but my name's Mike. I'm out in uh, Leesburg, Virginia, and I'm calling because uh, today is my son's birthday. He just turned 10, and yesterday, he's been begging us for chickens for, for months. Through this whole COVID-19 thing, we've been staying home. Um, and, and the thing that we've been getting out to do and only do is on the weekends, we, we took a liking to – hitting the the hillside in in virginia and um going and finding some chicken eggs uh you know that that local people have been been doing and our kids love the the color of the eggs so we finally gave in yesterday we ordered him 10 chickens um and i'm and i'm doing all my due diligence to try and make sure that my sons have a good experience um so I look at your coops and i'm 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 on a deadline now because uh the chicks should arrive here june 8th um, but 
you know, I expect that they'll probably be in the brooder in, in three weeks or something like that. So I'm trying to figure out timelines, like how long do poop either resurrected? I'm still trying to nail down, um, touch with non, I think it is so that, that I can get some timelines and see if we can fit that in the American. I'm starting to lose you a little bit. And I so apologize, uh, that yes, I now see that uh, Mike from Annapolis Junction. So I'm starting to lose you a little bit. So if you can work on maybe walking around a little bit to get your signal. So just to recap real quick, one, happy birthday to your son and congratulations on the new baby chick. So I lost him a little bit. Kristen, help me out here. So he went and got 10 eggs that are that they're going to hatch themselves. No, I think they have chicks on order. So I ordered coming. 10 baby chicks. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. You well, got... congratulations by, for finding chicks. Go ahead. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That is very hard to find right I now. I thought chicks were all sold out. So you got... Yeah, so I got them from My Pet Chicken, and, um, you know, he liked the different color eggs, so I got him a bunch of Easter eggers, um, you know, and, and stuff that he likes the copper moran or the really dark eggs, so... You know, through this COVID-19 stuff, the one kind of sole as we found ourselves doing is just searching out these eggs, and the kids wanted it. So now I'm here, you know, figuring out how I'm going to build a coop in that amount of time or get one from y'all in that amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a very common theme this time of year. Come end of May, beginning of June, we call them our bathtub calls, where people are raising their baby chicks in their bathtub. They forgot, or they didn't realize how fast they're going to grow, and they call us going, Matt, I need my coop now. And unfortunately, this time of year, and especially you put a global pandemic on top of it, right now we are booked, believe it or not, all the way out to, I think we're pushing November now for just shipping production coops. I know I am heartbroken. It was actually hard for me to get those words out. I am so thankful to be busy because I know how many people are, they're out of work. They can't get their unemployment. Uh, This fear drives our business, to be honest with you. And... I am glad then what that tells me is we're part of the solution. But what makes me even more happy is that people are waking up again, that food security. There's been so many good things that have come from this pandemic, especially to, you know, the families are staying home. Well, I think that's been good for a lot of people. I think the divorce rate has gone up a little bit, but you you know what I'm saying? I know a lot of parents are like, oh my, this is the greatest opportunity to get to see their kids more. So yeah, if you were to order... Say the, I think you mentioned the American coop before you cut off there a little bit. Awesome, awesome chicken coop. The best coop for the best price. That's our number one seller. We're well into November. However, we do have our expedited schedule, and I don't know what that schedule is right now. I'm going to find out. I'm not sure if you would entertain the expedited schedule, but if I have other people listening saying, I got to order a chicken coop, you know, they're in the same situation you're in, I can find out. And then also... You Matt, did... what does the expedited schedule mean? Oh, okay. So the expedited schedule means basically you pay a little bit extra to cover the people in the shop that are building the chicken coops. They're overtime, and they work Monday through Thursday, 10 hours a day, and then every Friday they work another 10 hours, and we schedule in two production coops. And they're on OT, so they're loving that, well, for the most part. <laughs> and it allows the customer to cool. get it a little bit sooner. So I'm actually going to call Nan right now. I am going to find out. I'm, I'm scared to ask her, you know, and I should know this. And I know you did mention possibly building. Nan? Hi. Hey, you're on the air a little bit. I'm not sure if anyone can hear you. What is our next, if someone was to order an American Coop expedited, what is the next date? Um, it's so weird hearing you behind me and 
Sorry. My next available build date on the expedited schedule is going to be September 4th. <sighs> September 4th. Okay, thank wow. you, Nance. You're very welcome. So that doesn't help that much. So it no. sounds like I'm building my coop, which is fine. I got a, a perfect blueprint to build based off your guys' videos. And a, Thank you. you know, I really appreciate the time and effort it takes. I know those things aren't zero effort. So uh, I'll do my yeah. best to clone it. But I'm just trying to okay. you know, learn all the bits and pieces as much as I can before. But uh, I think, is, is it fair to say that I've got three weeks once they're in the brooder um, that I better have something resurrected and ready to roll? They actually stay in the brooder for about, depending on the weather, I would hey, say Matt, five weeks. You? Oh, he can't hear me. Oh, can you not hear Kristen? Uh, Mike, hey, Matt, are you still did there? Uh-oh, we might have yeah, lost. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I, I, Kristen started to respond to you. You weren't able to hear Kristen? Uh-oh. Uh, are we losing? Jimmy, are we dropping? What's going on right now? We it's might okay. have. We Just might... answer his question. All right. So, Mike, if you can still hear me, uh, well, it's been so long now. I, I forgot. What... Oh, you there? Yep. Okay. Excellent. So, typically, what Kristen was saying is, five to six weeks is typically when it's safe to take your young hens and put them out into the brooder. What you're looking for is that they don't need that heat source; that they have all their adult feathers and they're able to control their own body temperature with their own down comforter if you will and those outside feathers keeping all the heat in so you can eliminate the heat source now what i can tell you <laughs> be ready as soon as possible because they grow fast and just make sure it's extremely safe predator pressure is incredible it's every single night and what i always tell people is you can use your hen house as the brooder if you want but just whatever you use for a heat source be extremely careful i love the brincy it's a heat plate I'm not a fan of the heat lamp. I know it's cheap, readily available, but the heat plate is very, very safe. And then you can use your brooder. I'm sorry, you can use your hen house as a brooder, but if you want to do it more the traditional way, it's wait the five to six weeks. But I can tell you after about three weeks, going to four weeks, you're going to want them out of your house <laughs> and inside. Yeah, they get dusty. Yeah, they get dusty. They get smelly. So I hope that helps you. And again, thank you so much for all your compliments on um, our designs. I wish I could sell you a coop. I really do, but I apologize. But again, thank you. If you're not going to buy one of my coops, learn thank from you. us. Build your own coop. And we're always here if you have any other questions. And of course, my, the other tactic is we have all kinds of accessories. Check out our heated water system. It is the best system for when it comes to water. Check out the industrial hemp. It will be back in stock. Definitely as you're designing your, cho your chicken coop. Build it using that deep litter system. You will thank us later. Got it. Well, Matt, thanks again for all your time, all your effort. It's clear that you love chickens. And, uh, you know, to be honest, watching your YouTube videos has inspired me and my sons. So uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. I'll, I'll let you know if I, uh, I fail miserably or succeed willingly. And uh, nonetheless, it, it'll be definitely because I follow the good game plan if, if I do succeed. So appreciate your time and effort again. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, thanks. All right, Kristen's waving to me on the other side of the computer screen, telling we got to wrap up the show. It is that time. We're trying to cut it down to an hour and a half, but this was fun. So everyone out there, if you're still with us, thank you very much for listening. And, again, if you have any comments, questions for us, the edited recording will be up for this episode next week, but you can always go to RadioChicken.com, submit your questions, give us a call, 929-32-COOPS, 
and we will continue to get to more of those questions. I appreciate the questions coming in. I'm sorry that we did not get to all of them. And also, before I forget, you can text to 929-32-COOPS. And let us know what we can do, what's working, what's not working, what you guys would like to hear. Kristen, I can't thank you enough for being here. I know this is so tough for you as far as breaking away from everything, but I do know and I see how much you love it. I do. I do. It's my favorite part of the week. Mine too. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. I do appreciate you being here. And we will see you next week.